0: From the Financial Times in Cairo, I'm Heba Saleh, and this is FT News. The Middle East has the highest youth unemployment levels in the world, something which has made it increasingly difficult for autocratic governments in the region to keep a lid on popular discontent. The uprisings of the Arab Spring of 2011, which triggered civil wars in Syria and Yemen, reflect the disillusionment of the young who blame their leaders for failing to deliver jobs, social freedoms and prosperity. Raghi Assad, an Egyptian professor of planning and public affairs at the University of Minnesota, has been researching the root causes of the discontent, and I asked him about his findings. I began by asking what caused the relationship between Arab rulers and their populations to break down.
1: We have, throughout the region, more or less told people that reach a certain level of education and you're guaranteed a job in the public sector. Now that historically has been the social contract to keep the middle class fairly quiet politically. That social contract, of course, could not be sustained. The government is not able to provide the jobs to the growing number of educated young people. But the expectation of getting a formal job is still there. We've had in this region one of the fastest increases in educational attainment anywhere in the world. If you look at the increase in the average years of schooling from 1980 to 2010, out of the top 20 countries in the world, nine are from the Middle East. There was an assumption that the private sector will take over the role of producing good jobs once the state pulls back. And that was the assumption underlying all the economic restructuring programs that occurred in the region. That simply hasn't happened because private foreign investment has not materialized. Domestic investment has gone into very safe areas that don't produce good jobs.
0: So what are the main areas of private sector investment and what kind of jobs do these generate?
1: Where is the investment going? It's going in real estate. What kind of jobs does real estate produce? During the construction phase, it produces lousy jobs. Construction jobs are really bad jobs, irregular, precarious. I doubt very much university graduates will want to be a construction worker. So lousy jobs, temporary jobs. Once the building is built, zero jobs or very few. So when you see that the booming economy in Egypt is almost all going into real estate, That's very bad news for jobs. In the private sector, you have more jobs in construction than in mining, utilities and manufacturing combined. If you look at construction plus retail trade plus transportation, that gives you about 60% of jobs in the private sector.
0: What's been the Egyptian government's strategy to tackle the country's youth unemployment problem?
1: Most of them have the instinct of, we have to create jobs for these people in the government. When the revolution happened, the first thing that happened is a big increase in public sector jobs. It didn't last for very long. People who had temporary contracts were given permanent contracts. That was the impotence of the politician, because those are quick, they can do them with the stroke of a pen, and they can satisfy a lot of people. And then budget problems start emerging and they start getting the IMF breathing down their throat and all that stuff. Public sector employment is not growing, although it is still an important source of employment for educated young people. I'll give you some statistics. So if you were entering the labor market in the 70s or early 80s and you had a secondary education or above, you had a 70% chance of getting a public sector job. In Egypt, let's say Egypt. I mean, I have figures for Syria and Jordan as well, and they're in the same ballpark. But the timing may have differed. If you're entering the labor market with the same level of education in the 2000s, you have a 20 to 25% chance of getting a public sector job. But you have nearly only a 15% chance of getting a formal private sector job. And all the rest is informal. This is for the educated. I'm talking about people with secondary or above education.
0: Is the situation similar in other Arab countries? The rest of the region
1: is not that different. For the populous countries like Tunisia, Jordan, Egypt, Morocco, etc. Morocco is better to some extent. Morocco never had as big a public sector as the other countries. In the Gulf, all of the private sector jobs are going to foreigners. So it's not creating jobs for nationals, even now. 90% of nationals in the Gulf are working for the public sector, except maybe in Saudi Arabia, where it's a little lower, but not much, like 70%. So the private sector almost entirely depends on, on foreign nationals.
0: What is Egypt's unemployment rate? Overall, it's
1: about 13%. The figure for youth is in the 20s, maybe even a little higher. For women, though, it's in the 50s. Whereas for men, it's in the single digits. So young women get educated. They're expecting to work because they used to get jobs in the government. And of course, they are much less likely to want to get work in the informal economy. They're not going to be construction workers. They're not going to be taxi drivers. And retail jobs are really things that they will do just prior to marriage. But they will not do it post-marriage. So the fallback option for women is not the informal economy like men. It is staying at home. So they remain unemployed at high numbers before marriage. The moment they get married, they're no longer unemployed. They're out of the labor force.
0: Egypt's overall male unemployment is only 8%. Why is this considered high? 8%
1: when you think it's all concentrated for the first-time job seekers. Because nobody is unemployed beyond age Twenty-nine. Okay, that's nearly 0% unemployment. Nearly all of our unemployment is first-time job seekers. People who are entering the labour market for the first time. Or people who are very early in their careers.
0: You say unemployment is overrated as an indicator. Why?
1: It's completely overrated because it focuses on the problems of these angry young men. To me, there are far bigger problems in the labour market that are not captured by unemployment. Casual labor, irregular employment, low income. So, what is needed is the difficult, very difficult economic policies that would improve the investment climate for private sector growth. And that's very difficult. Of course, some governments think they're going to solve the problem by doing mega projects. And that's barking completely up the wrong tree. Mega projects have never solved the problem anywhere. What you need is to create a sound policy and institutional environment for private sector investment, which includes, of course, getting the macroeconomic fundamentals right, which Egypt has started to do, starting with the flotation of the pound. But it includes much more than that. You can go look at the World Bank's doing business rankings. Those will tell you very clearly where the deficiencies are. And you look at it for a country like Egypt, where actually have improved quite a bit in one of the rankings, starting a business. Starting a business, we have gone from 140th in the world to like 59th in the world. But then look at other things. Look at the rankings for resolving legal disputes. We are at 150 in the world. Look at the ranking for trading across borders. We are in the 140 range. Look at the ranking for protecting minority investments. We're also in 150 in the world. So we are way behind in a number of very important business environment issues that are blocking a lot of potential investment.
0: So these problems have been around for a long time and recognized for a long time. Why are they so difficult to resolve? Reforming the legal
1: system so that you can speed up the resolution of disputes, that's very difficult. We've had a legal system that has been entrenched and has done things in a certain way for many, many years. Of course, you know, you could have a parallel system of courts for the economic disputes. They've tried that. Issues of trading across borders, it's a question of bureaucracy. And we have a really serious problem with dysfunctional bureaucracy.
0: What kind of progress has been made so far? Egypt's program is already
1: partly successful. The macroeconomic reforms have generated quite a bit of improvement in foreign investment, quite a bit of improvement in domestic investment and exports, for example. If the same way they have a political will to spend all of these resources on mega projects, they could have political will to dramatically reform the bureaucracy, at least as far as the the bureaucracy that interfaces with business. Instead of spending all your money and energy and resources in some new capital in the desert, you could decide to reform the bureaucracy.
0: How do authoritarian political systems in the region manage to keep going? I mean, What they have
1: relied on in the past is oil rents. So oil and hydrocarbon rents in general have been the mechanism by which the government have gotten the resources to maintain the authoritarian social contract. I mean, here we've had, oil was an important part of our revenue stream. And then you add to that remittances, which are related to oil rents. And that's another way to keep people happy. And that's what maintained the system over a long period of time, where you could placate the middle class by giving them jobs in the bureaucracy. So if you think about the social bargain, the social bargaining is, I keep the middle class happy so they don't demand a say in the running of the country. Mm -hmm. So part of the way of renegotiating the social contract is I cannot provide you with the jobs, but you have more of a say in running the country. Morocco is trying that. So at least they can channel their political discontent in other ways. If repression is seen as a short-term strategy to be able to buy your time, that's fine although I don't agree with it from a human rights perspective. But I think that very soon there's going to have to be a new social contract negotiated based on improving job prospects in the private sector
0: economy. That was Raghi Assad, an Egyptian professor of planning and public affairs at the University of Minnesota, who spoke to me during a visit to Egypt.